Hey everyone, this is Christopher Luxon, the former CEO of Air New Zealand. This is John Lee Dumas, the founder and host of Entrepreneurs on Fire. This is Tracy Ibarra. I'm an executive solutions at Dell Technologies. This is Travis Chappell, founder of Build Your Network. If you are wanting to learn how to embrace change, to navigate through disruption as a leader, then listen to the Leadership is Changing podcast. The Leadership is Changing podcast. The Leadership is Changing podcast with my good friend, my very good friend, Dennis Giannoutsos. Welcome to Leadership is Changing. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change. This is taking your leadership to another level by finding the balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsos. My guest has actually said to me, that uh, true, visionary, authentic leadership is really important. And that was Steve Friedland uh, on episode 284. Listeners, welcome to this mashup. What we're going to be doing is sharing with you two wonderful guests. Steve is one of them, and the other one is from two, episode 285, Adam Strong. Great leaders put others first. And it's just so strong nowadays that we needed to make sure we are putting people first and, uh, and of course, having that visionary uh, with their vision full stop and being authentic as well. So, listeners, uh, welcome to the mashup. As I said, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Who's your favorite leader? Now, this person can be alive or from history. Who's your favorite leader and why? I think that I, I wouldn't, I, you know, you asked this question in advance, which I appreciate. I like this. I like that. Just Nelson Mandela. You know, I went back and forth. There's, there's several great leaders. I think for me, not just because he was in prison for so long, but just, I felt like he, I feel like he could always hold like these two truths at one time somehow like, okay, so systemic injustice and apartheid with reconciliation. Like, so he would, you know, he'd fight the systemic injustice of apartheid at the same time, preach this message of unity and reconciliation. When one feels like you're fighting a system and the other one seems like you're fighting for cohesiveness and he could do that. And he was, he was, you know, he had, he was a leader as a philanthropist, but he was also a leader as on the political side of things. And those sometimes seems like different things. So I don't just, just super impressed with, I mean, I love how he just carried himself as a human being as well. Just, I just love the cut of his jib, which is sort of an American uh, sailing term, but just, I love how he presented himself, but just the weight of the things that he was involved with would feels like you, you would crack under the burden of that. Yet he didn't, he stood up in that thing and remained true as far as I know to those beliefs. And it was just so, it's just so inspirational. Yep. Totally. I think he's a, a great guy, great inspiration. And that, ins- that inspiration continues, even though that he's now passed. Um, yeah. Steve, if you had the chance to to sit on a park bench with Nelson Mandela, have a coffee together, what would be one question you might ask him? Oh, man. I mean, the, the first thing that pops in my mind is how? How do you do it? How do you carry the weight of what you know and what you've seen and what you believe when it feels like you're fighting the long defeat, which is a, a phrase that I don't remember who initially said, I think Howard Thurman. But how, how do you withstand that? Because I know I've been, when I've been to Rwanda four times and I've been broken every time. Like I, I feel like I'm just broken. And it gives me, you know, it gives me excitement to carry on the vision, to get people excited, excited to rally the troops, to raise money, to raise awareness. But it just breaks me. 
And I'd like to know, and maybe he was broken, I don't know, but how do you go from, to prison for all of those years and then come out and still cling to your message? How do you, how do you carry that much weight of the world and still get up in the morning? Mm, a nice question. Well done. So the show here is called Leadership is Changing. When I say yeah. that title or that statement, what does that mean to you? I think it means exactly what it is. I love the title. It's just, it is changing. And I think, I think the people that think leadership is a single skill set that you learned 30 years ago and you cling to that are getting left behind as leaders. And so it's changing because of so many reasons, right? It's changing because the world just changes. The, the technology is changing. The perspectives of the generations are changing. We're much more global in nature. So all of these things require new levels of leadership and new, not even new levels, just a different approach to leadership. Leadership. We need to start thinking about leadership differently or we're going to be left in the dust. We're not going to have anybody to lead. We're not going to have anything to lead if we keep trying to lead the way that we have done that we did 30 or 40 years ago. Yeah, I can just imagine the leader looking around going, hello, hello, anyone there? Yeah. Hey, where is everybody? I'm a leader. Well, yeah, yeah. a leader requires followers. Yeah, yeah, absolutely they do. Yeah, I think John Maxwell, he's an author, speaker, and a guy I've followed for 30 years. And he says, if you're out taking a, if you're out there and you turn around as a leader and no one's following you, all you're doing is taking a hike. That's all you're doing. Yeah, and, that's right. uh, <laughs> I, I love that. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's really important what you've just said there about making sure that you're staying and moving forward as a leader for sure. How would leaders do that? How would they make sure that they're staying ahead of things? What, 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 what do you reckon is one or two? things they might need to do. Well, I think they need to be. I think they need to be current uh, with with the trends that are happening. I think always be a learner. I think you just have to be a learner. And what I mean by that is always skill set. It's it's being aware of what are the trends. I mean, it's it's plugging into people that are futurists or looking at the future of work or people in the industry that are that are changing things. That are, you know, where are the leaders emerging? Like, I think that's one thing. Just kind of paying attention. To it. Like, okay, this person all of a sudden, boom, they just came on the scene and they're this really effective leader, and everybody's following them. What are they doing? How are they thinking? How are they communicating? Who are they resonating? with. So I think just being aware of what's going on and then just being willing to engage with your followers to find out what they need, what they want, and not not assume they, well, I asked them, you know, I asked them 10 years ago what they wanted and they'll let me know if anything changes, right? Like I told my wife I loved her 20 years ago and I'll let her know if it changes. You know, like you need to be engaged. It has to be an interactive experience with your followers. I think the idea of just saying, well, I'm the leader. I don't need to engage with my followers. Those are just my people. I think those days are gone uh, for in large, they, they used to work, right? Because there used to be a society where people are desperate to have jobs and they just wanted to be told what to do. So that worked for them. And the leader just wanted the power and I wanted to tell people what to do. And so it worked. That Those days are gone. Now I think staying engaged with your with your followers, with your clients, with your stakeholders, and just even asking those questions, having, having opportunities for them to say, here's what's on my mind. Here's what's important to me. I think just communication is, is, is huge. In, in, your, in the introduction, I talked about you helping leaders become happier. Do you think leaders today are happy? It's tough. It, it's split. It, it's it's split. I Most of the leaders that I've talked to are not happy. This has been part of my research. They're not always unhappy, but they're very few are actually happy. Like, you know, there, there's a difference, right? There's a spectrum between there's the unhappy sort of people. And those are people that are pretty obvious. Then there's the happy people that are on the on the other side. And there, there's a few of them. But then the rest of us are just kind of in the middle, sort of biding our time. And we think I'm going to be happy when, right? I'm going to be happy when I retire. I'm going to be happy when the kids are out of the house. I'm going to be happy when I get this promotion. I'm going to be, you know, we're, we're kind of always looking for for when. We always we always say we have, we have this hope, right? I have this hope that I'm going to be happier. And what I tell people all the time is that hope is powerful, right? Hope is a great thing to have. I mean, there's people in the Ukraine are hoping for this. 
this and I'm hoping for this, but hope is not a strategy. Like if you're sitting there going, man, I hope I get happier. I I hope you do too, but that's not going to get you any closer to happiness than actually taking action. And so I think, you know, my experience is, is leaders, a lot of them are not happy and they range from being middle of the road to very unhappy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think the two words hope and try should not be the vocab of a leader because yeah. we're not trying, we're not hoping. We may be giving others hope by our leadership and by us leading. That's the thing that's really important. Steve, I think there's the word happy as you're talking about, but what about the word satisfied? So I'm, I might be happy, but I may not be satisfied in what I'm doing. How, how does that play out? Yeah, that's, that's a great question too. And I think I think of happiness in terms of how how much is our world, how much of our leadership, how much of our business is aligned with who we really are. Like that's kind of the core of our happiness there. But I think, yeah, being being happy and, and not satisfied is okay as a leader. I think I think that's fine. Like if, if you're running a business, you can be really happy, but you might not be satisfied with the results. And I think that's that's okay as long as the motivation for increasing your results is aligned with who you are. You know, if, if let's say I just, I just want to be, I just want to have a, a make, have a good living, be well respected in my community, you know, make a difference. And I'm doing all of those things. But if I'm not satisfied because of some personal motivation, that's fine. But if it's some outside influence that is now making me unsatisfied, like if somebody says, you know what you should do, you should expand your business, you should do more, you should make more money. And if I fall into the trap of listening to that, and now my discontentment is because somebody thinks I should have more, or my neighbor has more, or you know, some definition of good leaders has more, now I'm discontent. I think that's not an internal discontentment. That's something that's externally motivated. And I think we, we need to question that a little bit, because what happens is we start changing chasing that and then we become unhappy. So I think I think it's okay to be happy and you know not settled wanting more, but I think really challenge what is the motivation of that? Is that really an internal thing or is it driven by something external? And if it's external, I think there's a risk of that potentially manifesting itself in unhappiness in the future because you're chasing some vision that's not even your own. You mentioned just now a leader that really helped you. But the question I've got for you is, who's your favorite leader and why? Now, this person could be alive or from history. Is it the same person you just talked about or is there someone different? No, I mean, the the person I was speaking about really, he was my first real mentor as such. But I think if I think about real strong leaders, there was a couple of leaders that I really, I suppose, look up to more than anything else. I'm a, I suppose I'm a big fan of... Um, of the natural world. And so David Attenborough to me is a, is a great leader. You know, I'm a big fan of, of the ocean. I'm a big water sports fanatic, for example, when it comes to scuba diving, you know, that's me. I love it. I, it's, 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 it's kind of like my form of meditation when I'm scuba diving, for example. And I know it sounds kind of weird, Dennis, but it, but it's true, right? But for me, so David Attenborough, he's such a natural leader. People, are energized by his passion and enthusiasm without expectation, you know, and he doesn't do it for money. He is not the most wealthiest guy in the world, right? But the reality is, is that his purpose in life and, you know, and the the chap is what? He's in his 90s now, right? He's in his 90s. He has his careers all based around his purpose, which is all about preserving the, whether it be animals, mammals, and so forth, you know, that's his embodiment. I really love that about him. And, you know, he's not ego driven. None of that. He's not driven by money. He just loves what he does. And I love what you say that he is a natural leader and he has the passion and enthusiasm without expectations. I love that. And yeah, it's really cool. Now you said there's possibly two. So that was one. Is there a second one? 
you know, there's another gentleman that I really that I've kind of I've, I've taken a, to a bit of a, a soft spot to, and uh, and vice versa actually. And um, one of the other gentlemen that I've been following for quite a number of years is a guy called Marshall Goldsmith. And Marshall is, you know, he's a New York Times bestselling author. He's been in probably the world of leadership and executive coaching for the best part of fifty years, so half a century or thereabouts. He's probably what I call the godfather of leadership. Right. Or the godfather of most people in senior leadership or senior management roles have heard of Marshall. But effectively, um, I, I was introduced to Marshall actually through, through mutual contacts of mine that has taken years and years to nurture the relationship over time. And they introduced me to Marshall and we got on like a house like fire. I remember last year, actually, I was introduced to Marshall for the very first time. He came onto my podcast and honestly, Dennis, it was such a laugh. It was such a laugh. It really was such a fun guy and such a humble, humble guy. He's a humble gentleman is, is how I would really subscribe him, subscribe him. And to me, you know, he was really, he's just a really nice down to earth guy and so knowledgeable and just so giving. And that's a, again, another person, that's a great trait and a great strength that great leaders have. Yeah, absolutely. Being humble. Definitely. Tell me, have you met Sir David Attenborough? I haven't. No, <laughs> I'd love to though. So. Yeah, well, so Adam, here's a question for you that I just thought of, and that is if you and Sir David were sitting on a park bench having a cup of coffee or a cup of tea, what would be a question you might ask him? I'd probably, that's a really, really interesting question. I would probably ask him something on the lines of, do you feel like the work that you have done over the past 70 years, because I think that's what he's been doing in the last 70, 70 odd years, do you feel like it's made a contribution and an impact to how people want to remember you once you've passed. I think that will be my good question. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's more about the impact he's making and also his legacy, right? And so, yeah, I think it's that's it's a very good question uh, to ask, yeah. Now, the show here is called Leadership is Changing. When I mention that title or that statement, what does that mean for you? Well, it's, it, for me, leadership is consistently changing. It's consistently evolving, especially when we when we when we think about how technology is evolving, how business is evolving. I mean, let's look at the last couple of years, for example. You know, the way that that leaders have changed in terms of their behaviour. You know, from working from home, uh, where a lot of us have been working from home. The way that we, our leadership styles have also changed. So we have to evolve our leadership styles based around the demands of people. What is it that people want and need? Well, we still continue, depending on where you are in the world, of course, and where you're listening to this, it's going to depend on what the demands of people are and, and their culture. So first of all, most because most people want to feel supported, human beings are very much social animals, Dennis. And if we're social animals... What is it that social animals need? Well, they want to feel like they want, they want to see a leader who is authentic and vulnerable. They can show that vulnerability. And I found that, especially sort of prior to the, say, 2020, I found that when we think of the word vulnerability, when we think of the word authenticity, leaders always saw it as a, as a sign of weakness. But actually, now what we're seeing, as leaders have begun to see the impact of what the last couple of years has had on people's mental health, is that they they have parts their own egos and they part their own should we say it, their own egos to one side, and they thought about others. And great leaders put others first before themselves. 
really important. And so for me, that is a real game changer for me. What is it that people really want in this world? Well, number one, they want more compassion, right? Strong leaders show great compassion. They show understanding that actually, you know what? I understand you. I want to support you. I want to give you the tools and resources that empower you. That's what great leaders do now. Not everyone's going to step up to the game, but that's what the great leaders do in 2022 and beyond. Awesome. Great leaders put them, put others first before they put themselves. So I think that's a really, really good point to, to make. And I think Simon Sinek's actually written a book, Leaders Eat Last. Um, and I think that's very, very similar to that as well. And I actually think it's, it's, it's spot on there. Adam. Really good, good, um, good thoughts. Some good analogy as well that you put with it. So thank you for sharing that. Oh, what a wonderful couple of guests that I've just uh, shared with you on that mashup from episode 284, Steve Fredland. Uh, and he's got uh, the episode True Visionary Authentic Leadership and of course episode 285 Adam Strong Um, and of course great leaders put others first and you know both of them share some really cool insights and I couldn't bring all of that episode to you because I want you to go to the episode and listen to it if you haven't already done it because they share some beautiful beautiful things in the interview Now, the other thing to say to you is that, look, if you're thinking about having some coaching or being coached, or if you're thinking about going to new levels in your organization, or you're wanting your voice to be heard, or you're wanting to have more executive influence, then I'm going to ask you that if you want want to do that, and you need someone to coach you and hold you accountable to what you're wanting to do, and stretch you in your thinking, challenge your thinking in a constructive way but also support you throughout that journey, then feel free to reach out to me. Listeners, I'm looking at taking on some coaching clients right now. I've got a few spots available for you. And uh, feel free to reach out to me and send me an email, uh, dennis at leadingchangepartners.com or send me a private message on social media and more than happy to chat. Hey, it's always great being with you. Until next time, bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leadership is Changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change, inspiring executives and leaders to adapt and lead a bigger game in a fast-moving world. 